nerds, welcome back to The Paper Fold. I'm your host, Sarah, The Paper Nerd, and I'm so glad to be back nerding out with you on my favorite topic, stationery. So I think many of my listeners will be familiar with my guest today, Rosanna Vernmo of Shorthand. This letterpress brand started with wholesale stationery, but in 2016, Rosanna and her co-founder and husband, Joel, opened a brick-and-mortar shop in East Los Angeles as well. Now, most of us have had a difficult few years starting eh, about early 2020. Well, Rosanna had some major struggles before the rest of ours hit when Joel, who was equally loved in the paper community, lost his battle with brain cancer in June 2019, leaving behind Rosanna and their 18-month-old daughter, Judith. Our community is such that we rallied around Rosanna. Katie of The Good Twin started a GoFundMe to help, which raised $80,002, over the goal. And that summer, I wrote a paper nerd post to encourage everyone to support Rosanna however they could, a donation or a kind note. Uh, but honestly, in the craziness of coronavirus, I definitely fell out of touch with Rosanna in shorthand. That was until I was in Daniel Richards uh, during Atlanta Market this past January and spied the amazing shorthand range when uh, Dan was sort of walking me around the showroom. There was a plaid letterpress task pad that is a wonder of letterpress and design uh, that was definitely one of my favorite finds at that famed enormous market and then I saw shorthand again the next month in New York during shop object however I kept missing Rosanna much to my regret maybe I felt like if she could get through this all what am I complaining about Anyway, I did get to chat up her amazing wholesale accounts manager, Molly, at Shop Object, and Molly put me in touch with Rosanna, who kindly agreed to be here today. At any rate, Rosanna has plenty of thoughts on turning corners and building not just a brand, but steady employment for her team of creatives to say nothing of plenty of ideas on what makes quality office supplies and the perfect notebook. But most heartwarming of all is some really unexpected great news that Rosanna shares. I'll let her spill, and it's all coming up right after this. Hey nerds, I need to take a moment to acknowledge the sponsor of this podcast, Girl with Knife. If you are not familiar with this exquisite house of design that has been dropping jaws and raising eyebrows since December 2018, get with the program already. Alicia Castaldi is the one-woman force of nature behind this feminine, unapologetic, and authentic brand. And from this girl's knife springs this divine range of upscale stationery, pillows, and candles. Rarely does a tagline deliver the truth, but Girl With Knife really is your brand new BFF in paper goods, just as it promises. At its core is the humble greeting card, but in Alicia's hands, it's not so humble. Her designs have the polished, posh imagery that will make you swoon and want to jump into this little world that's combined with copy to hit whatever feel it is you are seeking. From that core, a vibrant range of stationery and gifts have sprung. Let me tell you, Alicia just sent me 
me a big box of her 2022 releases and they are beyond magnificent. Right now everything is arranged in the corner of my office like a little stationary museum exhibit for me to occasionally go over and examine. Every last element has been carefully considered so the candles not only look divine, their scents are out of this world, while the gift wrap is printed on super thick paper for that perfect fold and the sharpest present on the gift table. It's no surprise that Alicia and Girl with Knife were the talk of the winter shows, and now that the spring award season has passed, I can safely say they were the talk of that too. The Louis Awards are known as the Academy Awards for cards, and this year Alicia won Artist of the Year after being nominated for both Artist and Writer of the Year. This is an enormous industry nod and accomplishment, and meanwhile, the Noted at Noted Awards are held each year in conjunction with that May stationary event. In years past, Alicia has won Snarkiest Card, Best Color Combo, and Best Use of Profanity, taking that last award twice, oh my. This year, Girl with Knife delivered yet again and won Snarkiest Card, Best Just Because No Occasion, and Best Color Combo. More recently, she swung by my other podcast, Podcast, the Paper Plains Cocktail Hour, presented with by New York Now, to chat with Amy and I about her approach, inspirations, and where she wants to take her breathtaking brand. Alicia only makes it look easy, however. She genuinely pours her heart, soul, and passion into every last release, and it really shows. So whether you work in the biz like me, or are just looking for that perfect Carter art print, head on over to girlwithknife, all spelled out, dot com, and get your shop started. I guarantee your stationery and you will slay. Thank you so much. I'm stoked to be here. I'm sure when you co-founded Iron Curtain Press in 2008 with your late husband, Joel, like you never could have imagined you would be quite where you are today. Uh, but let's go back to the beginning. Um, why the name Iron Curtain Press and how did shorthand evolve out of that? Uh, these are all great questions. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm uh, we'll, we'll talk about it uh, later too, but I'm in a real, like, um, like, I don't know, business development phase of my business, which is kind of funny to be so many years in and really drilling down into like the strategy behind where we're going next. So I've been thinking about the beginning a lot and it's very funny to think that some businesses you have like a vision and a plan and a strategy around it as you start it. And then others, you just like start making things and enough time passes that like a business comes out of it. Um, so I think for me, <laughs> the form is true. Um, but uh, Iron Curtain Press was truly like a 23-year-old's pun on the fact that I bought a giant letterpress made of iron. I had just spent time in Eastern Europe uh, as I finished up my English literature degree in college, like studying the fall of communism. And the woman I apprenticed for, for letterpress, had a like a sign in her print shop that said, freedom of the speech is only guaranteed to those who own a press and so all of those things swirled together and I just thought it was kind of like ironic and funny to call it iron curtain press when having an I don't know so it's like very uh very like uh, I'm a college grad sort of a name um, I love it I love it though. Uh, I yeah, never knew I mean, myself I know well it's it's kind of funny because it's like it's, as time progressed I was like you know it's it's there's 
the meaning there is that I, what I just told you, that is like a solid meaning behind a name, but what does that tell you about the company? Nothing except for that the person who named it has kind of a weird sense of humor. Um, so I, then like as time passed and we were like releasing notebooks and whatnot, we started to call that line shorthand. And I think that that like, just really like evokes sort of like a retro 1950s feel, but like, which is I think what our office products look like, but are also very like fresh and modern and like minimal. So it's, I, th I think shorthand as time passed became like the perfect name for our company. And so in opening the store where I knew I was selling office supplies, that was an obvious name for the store. And then just recently, finally, like way overdue, I've changed the name of the print shop. So now we're shorthand press with the store. And so it's, much more cohesive and it's never too late to rectify your 23 year old jokes is the moral of the story. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, I was so young look. when I started. I know, I know, but don't knock it. I mean, you, when you're that age and you're full, you know, you have like a fighting spirit and you have like that energy <laughs> to just like go, go, go. And look, I mean, that the sign in the print shop that you apprenticed at is, is a beautiful thing. And it, and it's, and it's very true too. Yep. I mean, you know, uh, letterpress has these great origins as sort of like releasing us from the middle ages and yeah the only way you really can control is with with by printing it yourself so i love totally. i love those origins and shorthand is so oh yeah sorry yeah no no no, no. go on what is so fast i want to know when you think about like where the like on the west coast because i'm on the west mm -hmm. coast obviously i'm from seattle sure. but now i live in la um but most presses that you could find when i was getting started in 2008 were concentrated in San Francisco and Portland. And you sure. do a little more digging into that. And like, I was like, oh, Portland and San Francisco were like the main hubs back in like the 1800s. And like, so as people were coming West, presses just ended up there and that's, and then they stayed there because they're giant hunks of iron. And that was even like that little detail of history is so fascinating to think like, you know, just the, the effort involved. You're like, oh my God, someone had to like, put this on like a wagon and like haul it across the country. That's literally insane amount of work just to like be able to like make a pamphlet and a newspaper. That's so cool. And outrageous. It is so cool. It is so cool. And I mean, like it was to colonize and be like, oh, look, now that I lugged this however many ton letterpress <laughs> in my stagecoach, like I can start a newspaper in San Francisco. And it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it is. And there are, so, and now that you mention it, there are so many amazing West Coast pressers all the way up and down the coast. I never totally. even thought of that. That's totally. amazing. But it's like, That's it's really hard to find. Yeah. It's hard to find presses in LA and you're like, oh, that's because they, San Francisco was the bigger hub back in the 1800s. Right, 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 right. Oh makes total sense. And I, and yeah. I love the idea of shorthand. I mean, shorthand is a really clever name for office for, especially for office, just being functional. I mean, it is a skill. I mean, like I, I totally. have a journalism and degree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I have a journalism degree and when I got out of school in 91, I applied for plenty of jobs where, or, well, I didn't apply for them because I didn't know shorthand, but I saw plenty <laughs> of jobs. I saw plenty yeah. of jobs where they were like, do you know shorthand? Like, you know, like it was still a marketable skill. I don't 
think it is. That's our, yeah, totally. Totally. And it's like, there's something, I don't know, like, I love, I love that it is like a play on communication too, you know, like that it encapsulates, you know, it is like a whole language. That's amazing. Right, right. And, and great office supplies. Look, everything flows from your hand. So, you you know, I mean, hopefully it's coming from your brain first, but... (laughs) (laughs) So, so you opened your retail space in 2016. Um, How did that, how did that like evolve from, from your wholesale business? And now, of course, I want to know how having it informs your range. I mean, I don't know. It just seems to me every time I see a maker open a store, I'm like, oh, look, you just, you know, now you get to see people respond to your product and hear what they're looking for. I I would love to hear a bit more about that uh, process or that you know, kind of chapter in your business? Yeah, it's been really satisfying. I, um, I often joke I'm a reluctant retailer, but I love (laughs) it. It has become my favorite part of my job. Um, and I, so we were, I had a print studio in LA and I was looking for something closer to my house in Highland Park. And I was also like, our lease was up. And so I was looking around and then found this storefront on the street where we currently are. And, I was like, oh, okay, interesting. I wasn't looking for a store space, but this could be kind of cool. We'll sell our notebooks and our cards and we'll sell like a few of our other favorite products. And there's all these things that I've wanted to make, but like didn't know how to make, but now I can just source them and sell them in the store. And it kind of scratches that same itch. Like if it's a, if a perfect version of something has already been created, I don't need to add to that. I can now just sell it in my store. So it's like, that. it's a really fun mix of being able to design new product and like sourcing things, which is, I don't, I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's taken on a life. I love it. And I know when we were chatting before the podcast, you said, you know, I saw you, well, I saw my, I swung by your booth at shop object and you were shopping yeah. for your store. So you get to shop yep. too. I know you found a lot of great <laughs> stuff at shop yeah, object. Yeah, I mean, like it's, it's a great all, excuse yeah. to walk, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. And it, it's, and it is, inter- it is interesting like shopping as a person who also makes things, but also it's interesting selling things as a person who are like, um, like in being in the booth, talking to store buyers, it's interesting having that perspective. Um, and you were asking like how it's informed my, my line and like a major product I can think of that's come out of it is uh, our undated planner. And it's the same form factor as our notebook. And it's undated, obviously has <laughs> weeks and months. And, one of our most commonly requested products throughout the year is a planner. And when you're starting in like, you know, in June or something or February or whatever, you've already missed out on part of the year. You're also like, as a buyer, you're limited to when you can buy planners. You basically are buying them a year in advance and you're buying a certain quantity. And once they sell out, you sell out. And so I was just kept noticing people were asking for them all year round. And so I worked on developing our own planner and it is our number one selling planner in our store. Between all five cover colors, they're this the nitty gritty, but like they're counted as separate products, and they all they're, they're the top five selling planners. And it's because we have them in stock all the time for sure, but also people it just shows to me people are really looking for planners year round. What does that do when I'm at a trade show selling my products? I can give that information to the buyers coming in our booth to make it just that much stronger. It's not just like oh I made a thing because it's beautiful. I like I'm like I made a thing because it's a need that people have. And it sells really well for us. 
And that's like a much more convincing <laughs> selling point. <laughs> just like, Absolutely. Absolutely. You're so informed about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love undated planners too. To me, like starting a planner on the first of the year is like the biggest commitment. And I feel like <laughs> it's like breathing down your neck. Like you have to use it or like you just wasted well, your I money. Also, like, yeah, totally. I go in fits and spurts with my planner. Like I don't need it all the time. So the other thing I love is like, I'll use it for a few months and then I will forget about it. And then I'll really need it again. And I can just pick it up where I left off. I don't have to like miss out on a few months. And so it's like, the, the frugal economical part of me also loves that. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I mean, you could start an undated planner and finish it 20 years later and have gotten done everything yeah. you set out to do in it, right? You actually <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> so let me ask you something. When you are at shows, are you, are there any people that you buy and sell to? Like, do you, are there any makers who like you both buy their product for your store? Oh, yeah. And then like you. The social type is one, uh, the social type. And then uh, there's a, there's a few other like, you know, store car, card stores that have, um, or, you know, stores that also have their own card line. And it's real, it's really fun to, it's top talk shop. Yeah, yeah. I love it. You're basically bartering with them. I know, I know. It's really fun. It's really fun. So um I I I can't really go any further without you know kind of talking about you know what what I referred to you before we started is the elephant in the room. I, you know, I, I can't imagine you know, losing my husband, let, um, let alone my business partner, as you did, uh, Joel died in June, 2019, uh, pre COVID, which is uh, like also kind of crazy, uh, for, of complications for following brain surgery, uh, leaving behind, not just you, but your daughter, Judith, who was just 18 months old at that point. Um, at the time I remember thinking, wow, she really got the rug pulled out from under her. Um, and then COVID happened. Judith was a toddler. I mean, that could not have been easy either. And you just soldered on. And so, you know, I, I lost touch with so many people during pandemic. And then by the time 2022 rolled around, you're back at market, you're exhibiting at Daniel Richards in, in Atlanta and shop object in New York. So like I want to kind of take a step back and hear about your experience during COVID and how you kind of came out of it swinging. Um, how did you, how did you get through it all? Oh man, it is, it is, uh, it's been, cause it's really been four full years now of like running a business in a pandemic and then running a business with a, um, like a terminally ill partner, you know, and, uh, that it, you know, like, the pithy, the pithy statement of what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger is actually very true. Um, you know, like if you were to read that sort of like sequence of events on paper without it having happened to you, you'd be like, yeah, wow. Like how would anyone make it through that? And then you live through it and you're like, yeah, it was really hard. And you just keep waking up every morning and you put one foot in front of the other. And, you know, like at the time it felt very unfair that Judith was only 18 months um, or, or a baby because she was three months old when Joel got diagnosed got with brain cancer sick, and, right. yeah. and, uh, I, um, was, uh, you know, it felt like unfair, but it's also like, what's fair. There's no fair. Um, you just, you know, like, but, but I think like also weirdly having a baby was very 
grounding because they have so many just like immediate needs that force you to be in the present. And so you can't like get swept away in your, I mean, I, I could, I've, I'm a person who passionately believes you have to like really feel your grief to get mm-hmm, through mm-hmm. it. But like, totally, you know, to like, to like, you can't, you can't like, you, there's no shortcuts to, to like moving through grief. You just have to feel it. But having a baby really makes it so you like have to stay present for them too. And that means that you're staying present for yourself. And then I like would be absolutely remiss without acknowledging that like I have the most wonderful community and it starts like with, you know, like really supportive friends, but then I have a really great team at work. Um, and so like, you know, as I was more, wasn't as present at work, they were able to keep the, like the day-to-day stuff going and I could still be designing things or like, you know, me, um, doing bigger picture stuff, but I wasn't having to be there every day, which is an enormous gift as a owner of a business. Sure. But then like, like, I don't mean to sound cheesy, but like the entire stationary community, I've like, I felt the support and like, I'm not a very woo woo person, but like you go through something like this and like, I'm now more so a woo woo person. Like I literally felt the energy of everyone who was sending us positive thoughts. Like, and you know, like, people sent greeting cards like there was like a whole campaign I think I'm not really sure how it ended up but like all of a sudden just like hundreds of cards showed up at our house and it was truly amazing and then like I mean not to mention you know Katie from the good twin set up a GoFundMe which like was such a peace of mind and made it so we could get through that without any medical debt like it just what an incredible because of my situation now like I know a few people who've gone through something similar and I watched them go through it without the same level of community around them from like, I'm like how fortunate that our like career and business community is like so, so tight knit and generous. It's really incredible. So anyways, that's my long winded how I made it through basically no. everyone. <laughs> I mean, everyone made it through, but I mean, like you really went into it with a lot of, you know, already working through a lot of stuff and then had to work through yeah. just, you know, well, getting my pandemic, business through COVID. Yeah. Yeah, because I was already kind of in like business crisis mode. It was like it was like all right. I like I was already prepped and ready for it. This and this I know this sounds ridiculous, but like maybe okay, so like many years ago, I think I was 28 or something, I started thinking like someday I'd like to have a kid and I would like to give myself a maternity leave. So I started building a business at that point that was a true business that would allow me to take time off to have a kid and you never know like I have enough friends who've had kids now you never know what complications are going to happen so I didn't want to just assume I'd pop back to work so I was like all right I want to create something that's stable enough that even if I like have some complications around the birth of this kid when who knows when they're coming like I'll be Mm -hmm. I'll be able to take time so who knew it I was preparing a business to have like this sick partner amazing but then I also kept joking for a few years before Joel even got sick. I was like, my whole business goal is just to pandemic proof my business. I just want to make it really stable. And I was just joking, but I was working towards that, like making it really stable, debt free, like, you know, like I'm very like frugal and economical, but like right. invest in things. I don't know. You know, you know what I mean? I'm yeah, love totally. business. So it's really funny that like then to live through a pandemic where I was like, okay, I like actually did it because- Yes, it was hard, but like, it was like, it, it wasn't, um, we, we, we came, we came like, um, boomeranging back out of the pandemic rather than suffering too much, you know, which I'm extremely uh, grateful for. I feel so blessed, <laughs> but I also absolutely everything in place for that. I mean, you worked. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and so how old is your daughter now? She's four and a half. 
It's been three years. So she, and so she's in school. Well, not now because we're the school yeah, is yeah, yeah. No, but coming to a close. Like, you know, like, yeah, being a single parent, I kind of like was one of those things where you're like, I don't have the option to not keep her in care. And so I was able to find uh, like a little nursery school that kept going. And of all wild things in the pandemic, I met someone and he, he owns a coffee shop half a block from my store. And we've been dating and we're actually getting married this summer. <gasps> That makes me so happy. I didn't didn't surprise you with the news ahead of time. I'm just telling you right now, but isn't that, you know, life keeps going. And I think, you know, I, I, that sounds kind of funny, but I put a lot of positivity in the world. My own, my, just my own mental self. And I feel like that comes back at me, you know, I don't know. I feel very grateful. Absolutely. Well, that's like the best thing I could have heard. (laughs) I mean, I I know. so happy. Yeah, it's really, it's really sweet. And like, you know, he's excited about like being Judith's dad and like, I don't know. It's now she has, now she has, she has daddy Joel and daddy Kevin. And I don't know. It's it's very, it's very sweet. I mean, well, and when you say you put a lot of positivity into the world, I mean, even aside from like, just kind of getting through pandemic as a paper person, you put an amazing amount of positivity through the world. I mean, just think of all the greeting cards that you have made that have like carried people's messages from one place to another. Like if you don't get a little kickback from the universe, like I'm going to be really pissed. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's really special. I, I like, I love writing greeting cards, you know, know it's me like, too. It sounds kind of, I, I don't know, it doesn't sound funny to you, I know, but like, it, you know, like I took a, I took a business class this last fall that was so stimulating and interesting, but it was very funny because everyone else in there had like, I want to, I'm, I'm joking even to my own self right now, but like they have like more serious jobs, like, um, you know, like they do all the maintenance for like sewer pipes for the County of Los Angeles or like, you know, just like <laughs> things that you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. That is a job, a business to run. And then I'm like, I like green cards, <laughs> but it's a business too. And I don't, I don't want to like, you know, throw myself under the bus of like, it's serious work too. It just is funny. It, it- it is so funny. It totally is. But we're, I mean, we're the, we, and the funny thing is, like you were saying, like we, when someone is going through it, like we, we do tend to sort of like band together and support that person. Like that's the great thing about this business. And I think it's why every time, whenever someone's in it for a few years, like they, they tend not to leave. And I think that's part of the reason. It's certainly not the big box. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, um, so speaking of which, I mean, speaking of your product, I, I really want to talk to you a little bit about your philosophy and your overall approach to letterpress. And I mean, because really from day one, you and Joel really differentiated your brand with like a clean approach, smart humor, and like very, very, very developed uh, technical prowess. Um, and then more recently, you've been experimenting with more full coverage letterpress, which even you admit requires, quote, an obscene level of neurotically perfect craftsmanship. And I mean, honestly, the results are as close to magic as you're going to achieve with the medium. And then, so as a result, when I went to market in, uh, in winter, uh, your patterns were some of my favorites. I mean, like I will never not swoon over that plaid task pad, which is just like, it's, it's so amazing the way the colors intersect and turn into different colors. I mean, um, 
it's just such a marvel of color and technical prowess. So I want to know more about what goes into the process from your perspective. Um, can you kind of share with our listeners how, say, when you're coming up with new cards and designs like a task pad, how do you approach it from both a messaging yeah. and, a visual, and even a technical standpoint? Yeah. Um, and uh, man, there's so many angles to go. I'm going to try and capture them all, but it's like, cause it's fun. Cause there's like quite a few things that go into everything now. And um, I, I have a very like strong visual aesthetic. And so mm -hmm. that I think keeps everything feeling cohesive. And so then even as the team of people who are involved in creating products has grown for our very tiny company, there's still, it's not just me creating everything anymore but because sure. it's coming from my brain and through my lens it like still feels cohesive um but like for the um like the uh words of everything like I uh I really am always trying to come up with saying something that hasn't been said exactly the same mm -hmm. way before you know and I do have a card that says I love you to the moon and back or I say cards that I have cards that say just happy birthday or just thank you but for the most part, I really try and think like, who is this person sending a card? Why are they sending it? And I, I, when I write cards, I write from the lens of I'm a person who has a lot of different people in my life who need to get cards there. You know, there's totally different ways to view who you're writing for. And I, I, I feel like, you know, some companies you'll see, like they're writing like for a specific demographic. So like everyone else in a person's life would be right, picking these cards for that one person and I've chosen mm -hmm. to view it as like, I've got a lot of people to give cards to in my life. Um, and so I, you know, if, I don't know if that makes that differentiation. No, it sense. does. It, you know, it, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Like I want a card to send my mom, but also like my crazy aunt, you know. Yeah. Like, or, and your, and your coworkers and your right. daughter. And like, there's so many people in your life to send cards to. And so having it feel, come from like sort of a cohesive voice to a bunch of different people. It's like fun to like. It, it keeps it fresh. But then I also try and think about cards that can be used for several occasions, like a card that could, that has like enough meaning behind it, but it could be used as a birthday or a congratulations or a thank you. It's kind of fun to have like, cause you know, there's, you can express feelings that, you know, that don't just say happy birthday, but you can still send a birthday card that like is very cheerful or something, you know, like, um, right. And then I also think about like, you know, cards that are being sent from the perspective of a group of people to a single person or a single person to a group of people. And so having cards that like don't have any pronouns on them or like, you know, it's not like I am sending this card to you. It's like just the sentiment. And so I, I don't know. That's the kind of thought that goes into like literally every card I make. Like I'm, that's what I'm <laughs> encapsulating from the art standpoint, you know, like um, I uh, have been working now with, um, Oh, my dear, my very dear friend Ariel for many years now. I can't remember. I, th I think officially at least five years, but then we've just been best friends for a long time before that. Um, and so we work really, really well together. And like the, the, like you almost can't tell where her work begins and my work ends. It's like this really seamless, beautiful pro process. And like, we just kind of start spitballing, like as we're getting ready to develop a collection, we start spitballing on like just things going on in our lives, you know, like the, who do we want to send cards to this season? Like, you know, it's kind of start spitballing or like what kind of like motifs are we excited about? Like, oh, little mushrooms or oh man, little frogs or, you know, whatever. And then we work <laughs> together to develop. So all the cards are my handwriting and then, and all, mm -hmm. and I write all the sentiments. 
and but then Ariel's doing the like drawing at this point and like I choose the color so it's like it really is just like this symbiotic like relationship and I like sent I like when we started doing more full fled stuff uh mm-hmm. like all the really bright stuff, I was like Ariel I just like want to go wild let's just go wild and like that's what's been coming out of <laughs> that uh and then to top it all off, um, like I couldn't, like we couldn't be achieving what we're achieving. So like, you know, I've been printing for years. I know a lot about letterpress printing, but um, like uh, my role in the business has changed. And so I haven't been the, the main printer for you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. five years or so now, at least. But even in that, like in the last year and a half, I hired um, a wonderful printer named Nicholas Naughton. And he mm-hmm. um, has run his own letterpress print studios. He um, is still a, like a fine art printer on his own, but he works for me now. And like what he's able to achieve, I'm like, I know that I could like maybe get to where he's gotten, but like what he's able to achieve as like this really skilled, skilled printer is making this artwork that Ariel and I are dreaming up come to life so like I'm like I love the team aspect of it I like like I heard something funny that like the the original definition of the word corporation is a is work being done by a group of people that can't be done by an individual oh I love it I love it and, and if it's that's true, not I- the like most yeah if it's not the most like sweetest definition of a corporation I don't know what it is but I love I like love that like like shorthand is officially something that is fully my vision and fully could not be executed at the level it's being executed at by me. It it needs a whole group of people. And so like having Ariel's like, you know, art background, my like words and vision, Nick, Nick's printing ability, like much less than like Molly as sales, you know, like all these things that like play together. It's like, it's beautiful. I love it so much. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, like it's much greater than the sum of its parts, which is, you know, sort of the, what, the, what the idea of sort of the idea of what a corporation is and would any like yeah. great team working together. Yeah. It's like, yeah, let's make it, you know, let's yeah. make it happen. I, I love it. Yeah. Um, and, and then from a product standpoint, I just like, I don't put too much pressure on myself. Like I want to have great ideas. I don't want to fill the world with things that aren't needed. I like, mm-hmm. and so if that means I'm not coming out with like a brand new format every year, I'm, that's a choice I'm willing to make. Like we're always going to have new cards, like making the new colorful notebook covers has been a really fun way to like keep making new notebooks coming out um you know that kind of thing but like to have an entirely new format like I've got two prototypes I've been working on right now that I'm not gonna talk about yet but like (laughs) it's it's like I'm taking my time to really use them like think about it think about it in the store like how would I you know what really what is all the things around it and like as a very small team that just takes time and I like we're you know for all the people I just mentioned just now like we're, we're all working full time so to like right. we don't none of us are our dedicated job is product development and so like that part that portion of it goes a little more slowly like even thinking that the pencil pouch that we make it is long enough to fit an unsharpened pencil but it's the size of a pen case and I love pen cases and I don't always need to carry it like a giant like pencil box or pencil bag around and so I was like, oh, I'm not just like making another pencil bag to just add to the universe. Right. I'm right. like, I'm making it because I specifically want something that I can't find. And then it's made in LA and like sourced with like Japanese fabric and Japanese zippers. And like, you know, it's like, it's like really like the details are all so special and like thoughtful, which is 
the hallmark of what we do and uh right it's really fun to like develop a product like that but that just like took time I've never made a fabric item before (laughs) and you know like now it exists and you know I get to keep thinking of more about more things my favorite product development story is the task pad um we were already Uh, which I love yeah it's it's our best-selling item by far and um and there's now other items that are like it, which is great and fine and how the world works. But when I was making it, there really wasn't. There was like, you know, steno pads, but there was not like a top bound notebook that was just lists all in a book. There weren't even, there weren't really even like list books necessarily. Like, right, right, um, right. So we had the checklist notepad and my friend Taylor stopped by the print shop one day and I was showing her the checklist and she's like, oh, this is so such a great notepad. I love that it's just like so minimal. She's like, but you know what? I have so many lists going on all the time. I sure wish there was a way I could just keep them all together. And I was like, hold on, watch out. And I like took her notepad and I put it in the paper cutter and I chopped the glue off the top. And then I punched it on our punching thing and rounded the corners and bound it with wire and then trimmed a notebook cover down to the, be the width of the notepad. And then just made her this original task pad. And I'm not kidding. Like four months later, I saw her, like I like ran into her, like, I mean, you know, ran into her again. And she like fell over and was like, Rosanna, this is the best thing I've ever owned in my entire life. It's the greatest thing I'm, but I'm out of it now. Can you make me another one? And I was like, oh yeah, sure. And I started thinking about it and I was like, huh, I wonder if I should just like make these as a product. And so then that is how the task pad was born. Like what a funny, like, you know, just like, like sometimes you put a lot of thought into a product and then sometimes it just like, it just bonks you on the head and appears out of nowhere and you get to make it. (laughs) I love it. I mean, necessity really is the mother of invention. And uh, (laughs) as you just proved, I mean, it's true. And, and often, you know, when you are trying to come up with something, I mean, obviously you're, you're knee deep in product development. So, you know, sometimes you force something, you're trying to force something and make it work and it just, you just can't get it. And, but other times the idea just comes to you like fully fledged, jumps in and that's and it. it. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I'm a firm <laughs> believer and I go with the ideas that like are fully fledged and like, you know, you noodle around a lot in your brain to get to a place where something just spurts out of you. It's not like, you know, like, well, why are you like, if product development comes so easily, just wait for it to happen. I'm like, oh no, no, it came easily because you already thought of a lot of other things. <laughs> oh, totally. You know, like, but some... Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like though the best thoughts almost like I come to the thought, the thought doesn't come to me. Like the thought almost finds me like some, some things, oh, some of my totally, ideas are totally. like, that's too good for to come from me. <laughs> like yeah. it had to have yeah. come to me somehow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love you're, it. You're, just, you're, the, you're the vessel that this idea landed in and made into reality. <laughs> right. Like I was lucky. I was just in the right place at the right time. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, you know, you, t- you talked a little bit about office and, and I love how, like, when, all, when like 95% of the letter pressers I knew were doing wedding invitations and like just getting, and not that there's anything wrong with like super ornate, beautiful wedding invitations, but like when you, when everybody was doing that, you were like starting shorthand, you know, you were like getting, you were like doing a deep dive into shorthand. Like, I, I think I can remember the first show that you even like unveiled it at. And it was like knee deep and like vintage stamps and custom invitations and like, and, yeah. and you. And so, you know, 
Um, so what, what, ins- what first, I, I know you sort of touched on it, but like what inspired you to get into this category? I have, I mean, this will shock no one. I have very, very strong feelings about like what a perfect notebook is. And I set out to make my perfect notebook. And I am humble enough to know that it's not like everyone's favorite notebook, but there's nothing wrong with me knowing what my favorite notebook is. And it's truly like seven inches wide. And that's kind of as long as your brain can think in a straight continuous line. And like it, it, I, the eight and a half by five and a half notebook, the five and a half inches, my brain's not done thinking. It's I'm not ready for a line break there. Like my brain is not to go that full seven inches. But then I also, um, oh, I'm sorry. It's eight and a half inches wide. That, that's so silly. Eight and a half inches wide. <laughs> seven inches tall. But um, I'm not here. I like, I like also can't, if I, if I were to do like a full like sheet of paper size notebook, if it's already eight and a half inches wide, you'd think, okay, it should be like 11 or 10 inches tall. Like I can't, I like, I get bored before the end of the page. Like I, like my attention span can't last that long. So like this, having it be only seven inches tall, it like makes it so much easier to like write in a fluid way. And I can actually write several pages then and really get my thoughts all out. If I just see that huge page, it's pretty intimidating, you know, the rounded corners or so it's not getting all munched in your bag. Cause I'm mm-hmm, pretty OCD. Mm-hmm. Um, can't handle a munched <laughs> corner on a notebook. Um, <laughs> And then like, it's got a really sturdy chipboard back so that you can be writing somewhere without needing to have a table. This is very yes. like, um, colloquial. I'm not, not, what's, um, what's this word I'm looking for that it's like, um, not like a, not like a bumpkin version of something, but it's, uh, uh, anyways, you'll see it. It's very small town of me. I was taking oh, the ferry uh, a lot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What go is, on, what go on. I had the word and, and I lost it. I'm going to get know, it. Know, keep going. going. Keep going. But, uh, I like, I was at this phase in my life, I was riding the ferry a lot. I'm from the Northwest and you don't always get to sit at a table on a busy commuter ferry. And so I still wanted to be able to write because it's like 30 minutes of just downtime. And so I like made it with a sturdy chipboard backer and a sturdy chipboard cover. So when you fold it in half, it's like, actually you can write on it. It has a slightly oversized wire which uh, you know, I, I like the way that looks anyways, but it's function over form in that case, because I drives me nuts when you've got a notebook that's folded all the way open and you can't easily turn the page. You have to open the notebook back up to be flat in order to turn the page. I like, can't handle that. So I, <laughs> you know, oversized wire. like, it's like everything is the way I think it should be. And it, and then, and then the ink, like the page, the papers, um, like opaque enough that you can write on both sides of the paper with a pretty inky pen. I love that. I'm not a fountain pen writer all the time, but like I still tried it with fountain pens just to make sure like that you could use both sides, you know? So, you know, like that's how it started is I was like, I can't find this perfect notebook that I love. And I was like, I'm just going to make it because it's not, doesn't currently exist. And I've, you know, like it, I, it, it came out of it, like, because I had such strong opinions, it, it's like, it came together pretty quickly. <laughs> I, it's great. And look, obviously other people felt the same way. I mean, they discovered it and, and was like, yes, I have been waiting for this. And look, I mean, yeah. you need a perfect notebook to be able to, to perfectly encapsulate your, your next, you know, great idea. I personally, I I'm a, so precious you don't want to use it. You want, you want to use it. Like, like a, the purpose of a notebook is to be used. So like ever, I think all with all the office stuff, my, my whole point is I don't want to make anything that's too precious. Like the point is to right. use it and then use it up. 
and right. not have like a cabinet full of precious notebooks that you're not even using. We all have them. We all have them. Use. I know, I know, I know. I mean, we, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but, but now this market has gotten like kind of crowded. I mean, you guys started. Now I see a lot of really, really thoughtful desk uh, products, a lot of it upscale, a lot of it like really, really super expensive, but I won't get that. I won't go into that. <laughs> um, so, you know, you, you, so I really, I, I'm curious how you differentiate yourself, uh, in that market, but also like, as we were talking, I'm wondering, like, as we've kind of survived pandemic and people are working all over the place, do you think our attitude has kind of changed towards what we're looking for in our office tools as we're on the go, as we're dealing with, you know, the office suddenly shutting down and having to work from, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Do you think the consumer's attitude has changed towards that, towards all this? You know, I think that if anything, like having there, there be more disconnection, like people like being on zoom or whatever, you know, like I, I, I don't think paper and pens are ever going anywhere. Like how mm -hmm. many times are you talking to someone and they're like, oh yeah, I actually can't keep myself organized in my phone using my phone calendar. I have to use a planner or like, oh yeah, like I do, I do these kinds of things in the notes function on my phone or on my iPad, but really I have to have it written down somewhere. Like, you know, like I think that it's like a fun, easy thing to write about, like the death knell of any industry, but mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I truly think we're a very long ways away from getting away from physical greeting cards and physical notebooks and pens. Um, I think for me, I keep my motivation going because I have the two different channels to like have an outlet for my creativity. And so the one is getting to design new products and new cards and think about our line. And then the other is the store. And it like, it's big. My role at this point is the buyer and like, you know, overall like head of the store. Like, mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, I have a, the, the most amazing team like runs the store now and like does all the merchandising and like, you know, the, the, we have like various standards around like what merchandising does, like what it should look like. But like, I don't do any of that. I just set up the, what it, what it looks like, the, you know, the culture of the <laughs> merchandising as it, as it were. But like, that is such a creative outlet for me too. Like it doesn't, like it's, that's the surprising part about retail for me is that it is really fun to choose products that you think your customers are going to be delighted by. And like, chances are they're going to be delighted by it if I'm delighted by it. And so I, you know, it's, it's a really fun thing to just hunt for interesting things. And I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit better about not only having like totally obscure items in the store too. Like, you know, we just started carrying Rodia notebooks and like term notebooks. Cause I'm like, Hey, people are coming into our store. I don't want to just like not carry them just cause you can find them, you know, on every corner bookstore. Um, which is great. But those like, are good brands. Those are good. Those are both they're, good they're really books. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally. So I'm, but, but, yeah. but, but like, I, think that's how I keep myself motivated and not getting too overwhelmed by, you know, worrying how I stack up to the competition is, you know, like that, cause that's not a great way to launch towards creativity from. Sure. So for me, I just, <laughs> I'm in my own little world, making my own little things and I make products that I need or want. And, I'm trying, you know, trying to get better right. at having a strategy at all. 
<laughs> I think it works. I mean, look, I don't look, I don't really read like competing trade magazines because I don't want anything I do to just be in response to them. Like exactly. I want my approach to the market to be my approach to the market. I mean, it yeah. it's helpful. I mean, I, I glance at them at market, but I try not to, I don't yeah. want to create yeah. anything in response to something I see there because then it's not. Totally. It's, well, it's and it's interesting because like trends, yeah, totally. And like trend, trends are trends and you want to make things that people actually want to sell. Like it's like such an amazing balance making something that is original and unique, but making something that buyers are ready to buy and that consumers are ready to buy from the, the stores, you know, like it, so it's like, we have products with mushrooms on them right now. Their mushrooms are like, you know, the new pizza or mustache or something, but like <laughs> there still are, are, there still are mushroom. Like we're not copying anybody else's mushroom. And right. like, that feels great that like we hit that mark just perfectly that we were like, our, like our original products with mushrooms came out like as like all of a sudden there were like tons of baby blankets and home goods and everything. It was all of a sudden having mushrooms on them, you know, you're not alone in whatever trend is, but just doing it from your own voice. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that is that like magic of, of you know, creating products where it's like, you can't be, you can't be too ahead, but you can't be too late. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I, you know, you're mentioning different things you sell in your store. Like, I'm really curious. Like, what are some of your other like top uh, performing lines? Is it all office? Do you have any home, or do you pretty much stick to um, that? You know, the like the um, office space, home office space. Yeah. I guess. Um, the the tagline for the store is for the love of your desk. Mm-hmm. And then my my then my own internal mantra for everything in the store is beautiful beautiful and useful goods for your desk and those two things are what I what I use as my like uh, guiding lights when I'm bringing mm-hmm. a new product. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. are so many wonderful products in the world, but I'm like, can it sit on your desk? The closest I stray into um, home goods is I do sell candles. But my argument is that in a home office, you can have a candle on your desk. <laughs> I, I have candles. I have candles burning on my desk. I absolutely yeah. do. I I do, and I yeah. would also, and I think you could argue, not that I want to confuse your approach, but like anywhere can be your desk. If you're that kind of person yeah. where you're always working, and especially if you're always a creative, like I. I write in my notebook in my bed. I, I'm not at my desk, totally. but I'm working, totally. you know? Totally. Um, and then like, uh, you know, I think some of the things that I've been able to shift into buying too are like, there's these awesome little like pouches that I get from Japan that mm-hmm. um, they're like, they're like bulkier than any sort of pencil or marker case, case, but then like they, the way they unzip, they fold open with a little snap and it creates this little like tripod situation on your desk. Oh. And it's, basically a portable office because you can have your, like, your scissors and your headphones and your pens and all the things you need just in this little pouch that then you can like set up at wherever it is your temporary workspace and you have all of your like desk accoutrement all contained in this little case it's really cool so like it's been fun to like find things like that um I t- we um do carry a lot of like Japanese um stationery and a lot of European stationery they're just like the heritage of stationery in those regions is so strong um and then we, we sell like them it's so fun we sell so many greeting cards from like you know all of our all of our favorite friends um <laughs> and that's fun to know that we're you know supporting their businesses too by you know having a you know 
lot of cards to sell. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I love that you're that you're bringing in so the Japanese wares. I love everything I see about their approach to stationery just knocks me out. There was that one booth at Shop Object with all the all the Japanese miniatures and and uh, stuff yes. like that. And then there's that range. Is it Tokyo? Milk. I, I'm going to kick myself. I can't remember. Oh, but hot, there's is it, the, is it hot, hot cool Tokyo? Yes, hot cool Tokyo, where those guys just go to yeah. Tokyo and buy station, you buy stuff and bring yeah. it here. They sent yeah, me they, one they, of their they, desk they really pads. Nice, totally, they have a very nice curated selection, and it's kind of funny. Like, there's so much of the stuff they carry. I like had to hunt for for years and was finding from all these obscure distributors, and then now they just like bring it to shop object. And I'm like, oh well, there you go. But I'm also like, everyone should have access to it. It's great. Like, I'll keep hunting. I'll keep finding my, you know, the the same, like, you know, the right, the same ways I've found things. Other people will find things, and we all all get to carry cool things. Um, right. It just makes you have yeah. to find the next cool thing when you see a booth. Well, like that. I mean, it's, yeah, it's also like, yeah, like it's 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 really uh, it's it's a it's a it's a fun part of the challenge to find things, but then you know, like try to be like selling something useful uh my most recent product that i was could not resist bringing in if it's called the bobbin and it holds a roll of washi tape and then you pull your washi tape to this little tiny bobbin and as a little wheel like a little handle and you wheel a tiny travel size portion of your (gasps) washi tape roll onto this little bobbin and i like saw it and i was like i can't resist this is it useful i mean technically yes but like washi tape it's not like it's this huge cumbersome thing who who really needs to bring a travel size amount of washi tape with them somewhere but i was like it is so delightful i am delighted by the absurdity of this product i can't tell you they are flying off the shelves we sell probably one to two of them every day (laughs) that's awesome does it make the washi like does it make it perfect like the like the rip like perfect oh yeah oh yeah like it's it's like i love it so and then you can and then but like the way they advertise it too is that you can get like more bobbins and then you and your friends could like swap washi tape samples so then you can like try more kinds it's but then I'm like but then you're giving your friend your bobbin so they also have to have bobbins they can exchange with you it's just so cute and I'm just like it definitely is like on the like on the border of too too fanciful but then I'm like but it's selling so <laughs> right right being awesome I mean, and it is an and it is an office tool. I have to say, I used washi tape. I think I sealed every letter over the past three years that I sent with washi tape. I don't think I licked a single envelope. I mean, who's going to send someone an envelope in pandemic that you just like slobbered all over? Like, I feel oh, like boy, no one's going to want. Got... No boy, one wants to I open it. For you. <laughs> I got the It's called the moistener, and it looks like a really giant sharpie. And it inside is just like this cotton tube that you like, so you fill the cartridge with water, you put this cotton tube in and it soaks up the water. And then when you take the cap off, it's like a really like wide tip marker, but it's soaked up like a small amount of water. So then you just glue all your envelope shut with it. And it's the I width of envelope it. glue. I love it. I love it. And sometimes you get like kind of an old envelope where the glue is sort of yeah. old too so this will give it new life yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i you're love it more than five and you're like i cannot taste envelope glue anymore this is disgusting much less a pandemic uh so it's, i know it's, it's I really know. yeah it's really one of the 
I mean, I don't know. Like, so with, during pandemic, every envelope I sent out, I'd have a nice stamp and I put a little strip of washi. And like a lot of times it would occur yes. to me as I was putting it in, like, you know, you really ripped that washi kind of messy. Like it really ruins oh, yeah. the polish. So like. The polish. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it all, yes, this bobbin operates as like a tape cutter and also the, but we all, but I also have like specific tape dispensers made for washi tape and they're magnetized. And so you can like stick them on the side of your filing cabinet or something. I don't know. It's amazing. You That's think amazing. of it, I probably have it. It's probably really have we, it. I think we have like, I, I, we were, we're doing like an in, gross inventory project right now. And I think we have like 3,500 active SKUs. I love it. Our, I love it. For our 600 square foot store. <laughs> I love it. I mean, that's what I love about stationary stores is that like, they're never scared of having too many vendors. Like, <laughs> who's that lady we ordered that thing from two years ago? Hold on. I know I have her card somewhere. Like, I'm going to get that back in. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's so fun. It's so fun. I, so, I, I am... Truly overwhelmed and delighted that I am fortunate enough to have created a like career for myself that is so fulfilling and brings me such joy. But then at this point in my life, like also provides me the opportunity to provide jobs for people in, in the same vein. And I, I think I, I think there's 16 people that work for me now. And like my goal is that all of them have like a state as, as stable of a job as they want. LA is totally a gig city. So mm -hmm. some people really mm -hmm. love having the flexibility to like go on tour for three weeks and then come back or like, mm -hmm. you know, have, you know, audition for some, for a role and then get like, like land a spot in a TV show. So they're gone for a couple days a week or, you know, whatever, like that's fun. But then also like then the people who are looking for more stability to be able to create a job that like pays enough to like actually like have a family in a city like that's where like I feel like there's so much passion that goes into all the products but I think then in the way I'm creating a business too like that's where my like at this point my biggest passion is is like in thinking about how to create this stable business that employs people well I mean, bravo. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, for all the people who said stationary is dead, you know, like not only is it thriving, like you're employing people and they're working and, and they're finding a way to, you know, support themselves in like a crazy gig economy working as creatives, yeah. which is yeah, in and of itself. It's very like, satisfying. Yeah. I mean, you really, yeah, really should like be proud. Thanks. The pandemic was also an eye opener. Like all these people who like, were having all these other odd jobs. And so I was like a stable part-time thing for them. When all those other jobs went away, I still had jobs for them, but I was like, I couldn't like overnight give a part-time person a full-time job, especially when the store was closed and our like revenue was down. But like that, that to me, like helped just like crystallize this next phase of what I want to do with the business, which is, you know, like provide like, I'm like, what, who, what, who's to say I can't be a person who provides very stable careers for people. Why not? Right. And so that's what right. I'm doing. And like already, you know, like now, like we've gone, you know, like we've mushroomed back up to our, you know, I think more now than our pre-pandemic employment level and like more people full-time, more people like on salary, like for a good wage. I'm like, I'm like, woohoo, this is so satisfying. 
I know. That's awesome. You you should be really, really, you should be really, really proud. I I mean it, it's it's amazing. And um and Very I can't wait to see that. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see I can't wait to see what those two products that are in development that you can't share yet. I can't wait to I well, I will, okay, so I will give you the main the, the, like our main teaser of the summer because Okay, uh, yes, yes, yes. That's my next question is where can I find you? Where are you gonna okay, be? So we'll be? What are you at- doing? Um, we'll, we'll, we're with Dan Rich, so we'll be at the Dallas market um, at the end of June and then in Atlanta, middle of July. And then we okay. are doing shop off in the middle, of, um, August? the middle of August. And then, yeah, middle of August. Yeah. So nice. So, it's, it's so-, New York now. Um, so we'll be all those places. And it's um, to date our largest release. Wow. We that's are- so awesome. The nitty gritty behind the scenes part, we've had to map out all of our new products to just have enough shelves to store the finished things and all the parts that come into them. And it's, uh, it's just new, not just it's, I'm very excited and proud. It's, uh, six new colorways for all of our YRL products. Oh, oh, I can't wait to see. Notebooks, task pads, reporters, and planners. Um, and so it's adding to the solid collection. Um, so we have, we've been, we've had, we've had like our, like, um, you know, like the mint and pool and craft covers for, you know, seven years now, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really added to the solid core colors in that time. And then, uh, so we're releasing like a whole new, a whole new six colors. So if, if there was not enough choice in our line yet, now there really is something for everyone. Oh, it's gonna, I I can't wait to see it. And I know that I know they're going to be phenomenal. So um, yeah, I just got the proofs of the catalog back and it's just like, I just like want to jump into the page and live in it. It's so beautiful. That's so wonderful. I mean, your stuff looked great in Atlanta. I I have to say, I saw you. Dan, I saw you. I saw you in two places. I mean, I saw you in Daniel yeah, yeah, Richards, yeah. which is like, you know, I mean, I don't want to say corporate showroom, but it's, you know, it's a very polished showroom. Yeah. And then shop totally. object, which is sort of, it's still polished, but it's much more like artsy and funky. And like you fit in both environments. I, I think it's so cool uh, that that's, yeah, yeah. And that's I, sort yeah, of where yeah, you live. Be, yeah. Somewhere in the middle between polished and quirky. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> well, you're, uh, both, you're both. I know. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, I'm, I'm very proud. Like, it's, it sounds silly to just, I like, I chose six new colors, but it, it's, it's fun to like all the logistics that go into a product release and being able to offer so many more options to like potentially reach that many more people. You know, it's, it's, I'm really looking forward to this release. I think it's going to be a fun one. Plus the cards we made, I don't want to be remiss to not talk about the like <laughs> nine new cards releasing that are potentially the best we've done yet from a, like a technical standpoint and like the words on them. I will, I will tell you one of them. I was coming okay. up with some holiday card ideas and I was like, after the last couple of years, how can anyone make a holiday card that says like season's greetings or like, hope your holidays are wonderful or whatever it is that you might want to say. So on this like really beautiful holiday floral background scene, it just says, let's light this year on fire and blaze into the new year. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's you know, brilliant. We're all actually feeling at the end of every year. There's no more like, 
well, I sure hope next year is better. Oh no, it's going to be more of a raging, confusing, wild zone that we have no idea how to navigate. And we're just going to make it sense of it somehow. So I was like, I did, that's the greeting card. I need this holiday season. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to see them. They're they're perfect. And like, you know, you know that there's just like a very, very wide swath of consumers that will see that and be like, yes. <laughs> like, I know. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see the release. I gave I've given you two very big spoilers now, but I'm okay, I'm well, I'm pretty proud of this new release. Well, thank you. Well, I can't wait to, I cannot wait to see it in person. You know that as much as I love hearing about it, there's nothing like seeing it in person. So I can't wait to see it at market this summer. And hopefully our paths will actually cross for I the first so, time yeah. in a couple of years. So I know, I know. I should be in the booth most of the time. So I look forward to seeing you. It's okay. You're allowed to walk. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming by. It's been such a treat to catch up with you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Rosanna, for coming on The Paper Fold. It was such a treat to catch up, and I know you will have plenty of amazing letterpress and office swag to delight this summer. As she mentioned, Shorthand will be with Daniel Richards in Dallas June 22nd through the 28th, then with Daniel Richards in Atlanta Market July 12th through 18th, and Shop Object in New York August 14th through 17th. If you are a paper nerd at these markets, take it from me. You are missing out if you do not check out shorthand so finally thank you for listening again our theme music is by the wonderful sharon glassman of smile songs see and hear more at smilesongs.com if you like what you are hearing please give me a five star rating and if you feel like waxing eloquent feel free to leave a review too thank you so much nerds stay safe